So, uh, yesterday we were out. Yesterday was the St. Jude run. I don't know if you knew that. So if you saw like 55 people running around and there was like music playing from some weird tram behind them or something, that was probably the St. Jude runners going around. And, uh, they run from, uh, various cities, all of them ending up in Peoria. And, uh, I forget how many cities there were represented, but, uh, just a huge, uh, opportunity for them to represent those families that are going through tough times. And then also a sweet time to be able to, uh, work for bringing some monies in as well for the next year. That ministry is a huge ministry. And, uh, we have several families within this body that have been blessed by the St. Jude ministry and love to be able to be a part of that. You know, when you spend an afternoon and a morning and a, my word, it was all over the place yesterday. When you spend a lot of time out there, you get to hear a lot of stories. And uh, we did get to hear a lot of tough stories. And um, I'm not sure that there could be a more appropriate song to be transitioning right at the moment than our God has it in hand. And um, man, these families wrestling with their little ones, kids who have are going through tough times with cancer or whatever, and St. Jude's working to, uh, working very well, by the way, in skill set, but also in guaranteeing there's no pay by the parents and just putting a huge covering on them as they walk them through. It was huge to hear the stories from those families, to get to hear their heart. And um, you don't get to understand the heart until you spend some time with them. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so here's the transition point. And how do we get to understand the heart of our God? Answer, we need to spend some time with him. And uh, we need to be transitioning our time with God where we hear from him and we work with him. And we hear his heart for ministry and for life and even for our souls. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today is, Lord, how can I worship you by spending time with you, by learning from you, by listening to you and your word? All right. So why don't you turn with me to Psalm 119, uh, verse 129. Psalm 119, verse 129. And uh, we'll get started here. Worship uh, as you listen and learn. We've got ushers coming forward. They got Bibles in their hands. You're going to want a Bible. Just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. All right. Just raise your hand. They'll get a Bible to you. This is Psalm 119 that we're in. And uh, just so you know, uh, this passage is all about the word of God. Psalm 119, all the verses, all about the word of God. In fact, what they do is they break down uh, each segment, each, if you want to call it this, ready? Here's a nice poetic term. Each strophe, I have no idea what that means either. Just nod like you know, right? Oh, yeah, okay. Right? Each collection of verses that has to do with a topic. And what he does is he starts each one with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Okay, they call it the Aleph Beit. That's the Hebrew alphabet. It goes Aleph, Beit, Gimel, Dalit, right? So it's the Hebrew alphabet. And so it starts, the first strophe is with the letter um, Aleph. And then the next section of verses with Beit and then Gimel and so on. We're going to be in the one that starts with the letter Pei. That means that every single sentence starts out with a P sound in the Hebrew. So it doesn't come across in the English and we can lose track of it and we don't really understand what's going on. And like, man, this guy seems to be saying the same thing in some of these different sections. And did he like lose track of what he said? And he's just repeating himself. And and uh, no, he actually knows exactly what he's doing. He's trying to say from beginning to end from in the English from A to Z. 
Like everything is awesome about the word of God. That's what's going on in Psalm 119. All right. And so we're starting with the letter pay here today in verse 129. And uh, some things we can learn from it. Just a few verses here. So the first one, see the value in his word and long for the word to satisfy. See the value in his word and long for the word to satisfy. I'm telling you, you want to know the heart of God? Get into his word. It'll rock your world. All right. And uh, so he starts out, your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words give light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. It says your testimonies are wonderful. Your testimonies, like the truths about who you are. In fact, the Hebrew word here, um, a little bit vague. And so some go with the word testimony, some with laws or statutes and depends which translation you have. Here's what it is. The truths of what God thinks and what God values and what God's done. That's kind of the meaning of that word. All right. And your testimonies, the awesomeness of who you are. He says, well, the testimonies are wonderful. In fact, literally, it says, your testimonies are wonders. It's in the noun form. It's like, it's stunning. It's just awesome. Wonders. Everything you do, everything you think, everywhere you go, God, blows me away. And uh, Romans seven twelve says, the law, well, the law is holy, righteous, and good. Uh, God from beginning to end in our scriptures, from Genesis to Revelation, revealing his awesomeness. And man, if we don't capture that, we miss it. We miss the whole reason we're to be reading. Every time we pick up the Bible and we're like, you know what? I'm going to treat it as a self-help book. Like I'm going to try to get a roadmap to where I need to go so that life is just a little bit more easy for me. That's what the Bible means to me. And then we start flipping it open and we're looking for it to like unveil the easiness secrets of life. Right. And just so you know, you'll be disappointed if you approach scripture that way, because in fact, scripture is not about just making life comfortable. Scripture is about revealing the almighty God, his values, his plans, his purposes. Sometimes that might bring blessing and comfort into our lives. And um, and sometimes it might not. Sometimes it might walk us right through the middle of the valley of the shadow of death. And yet God has plan. And uh, so let's go to his word, longing to meet our king. Amen. That was a good spot for an amen. 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 That's what we need to be going for is let's dig into his word that we might meet our king. Your wonders, your testimonies, they're awesome. He says, therefore. And so when we see the therefore, we say, you wouldn't believe how many people I've talked to are like, I don't get what that phrase means. So what's the therefore, right? That's a word there for like, what's its purpose? Are you getting that? Hopefully you understand. It's pretty basic. They're like, I don't understand why I say that, right? It's a weird cult mantra around here. We just do things and I don't know. What's the therefore, therefore, right? What's the purpose statement here? So, so what? So what do I do? And therefore my soul keeps them. My soul keeps them. Are you hearing that? 
Like deep within me, I value them. I long for them. I protect them. I want to hear from God. I want to hear what he's about. I absolutely want it to be all about him. My soul in everything I do, valuing God and his testimonies. My soul keeps them. And he says after it here, the unfolding of your words give light. Now, this is a poem, and so he's going into some metaphor here. The unfolding of your words, like the opening up, the picture of blanket, and you have to open it up once, and then again, and again, right? The unfolding of your words. And, and if you look at a book, right, at least the unfolding, something like this, right, as we open it up and we begin to dig in, there's a, a opening up so it can cover us wider, if you want to say it that way. Lord, may your word be powerful to me. An unfolding of your words gives light. Have you ever been in an absolutely black room, like your basement, and you turn off the last light before you're going upstairs, and it completely creeps you out? Have you ever done that? You're in the basement, and you're like, and eh, not doing that. All right. I think I heard a noise. Right. And so now you're like measuring the steps and you're like, lights off and I'm running. Right. And uh, darkness. We're not really very naturally adept to handling life in the darkness. And just so you know, God's word is what brings the light in the middle of the darkness, a beaming truth of his perspective and his hand at work in this world and in your life. Darkness is removed by his word. His word gives light, value. And uh, there is no way to worship him without understanding his perspective, without grasping what he's trying to accomplish and go after. Um, Psalm 119 uses this illustration of light in several different places, right? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, an idea of walking in the woods at night. That's a creepy one. Right, And walking along with nothing and then instead walking along with a lantern that is lit up and beaming across the whole place so you can see exactly where you need to step and where not to trip. Right, And uh, he's saying his word can be a light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Understanding to the simple. Meaning, what is simple? It literally means those who have not maybe experienced life in certain areas. They're lacking in some wisdom. Maybe they just don't get something. They didn't grasp it ahead of time. But in some way, there's a basicness to their understanding. And get this, the word of God brings understanding. Like, Lord, I didn't get what you were doing. Now I do. I see what you're trying to accomplish in the bigger sense of it. And I wanted comfort. But you're making much more clear what you're bringing. And I'm grasping that with all I've got. He says, I open my mouth and pant. I open my mouth and pant. Open my mouth, literally, like, have you ever had this with either a baby or maybe a little dog, where you hold out the food or the bottle, right? And they go, right? They start reaching for it with their lips. 
And you hold it up and they're like, oh yeah, here it comes, baby. Right? Especially with your dog, you're like holding it out and then you can kind of hold it up and they start standing on two legs and, right? The open my mouth, this is like the with great expectation. I'm hungering for it. Right? Open my mouth and pant. And, uh, like so worn out, so thirsty that the tongue begins to go a mile a minute like an animal does bringing in the air and cooling themselves down and longing for a thirst and a drink. Says, he opens his mouth and pants. Why? Because I long for your commandments. Oh, he's hungry. He's not hungry for himself to be lifted up. He's not hungry for himself to be shown off. He's not hungry that everything gets more comfortable. Those things would be great if that's in God's plan. But what he's hungry for is for God's way to be the way. His commandments. Like, Lord, I'm ready to hear from you. What do you want done? And uh, he says, I open my mouth and pant because I long for you. And... Uh, well, that's great, Tim, but um, I'm not I'm not really panting for God's word. And uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's because it was an exhausting summer or we had a great vacation and I got distracted and now I'm kind of laid back and and uh, or maybe something else. I don't know what I should do. And all right, here we go. Top four things that will cause us to pant or thirst for God's word. Top four things for that will cause us to pant for God's word. Number one, uh, this is absolutely essential and top. Um, we must trust Christ as Savior. We got to trust Him as Lord and Savior. Who is this Jesus Christ? And uh, the Word of God is pretty clear. Jesus is God Almighty. He has come to this earth. He has got a plan in mind, and He's simply saying this: I am laying it out on the cross, and my shed blood for you. And I'm not just dead on the cross. I have risen from the dead. And there is hope in Jesus Christ. He is God Almighty, King of the universe. Man, worshiping Jesus Christ is not weak. Worshiping Jesus Christ is the only sane, strong move in this broken world. And all of God's people said, time for us to worship our King. May Jesus Christ be given everything. That's what he deserves. And uh, time for us to stop making it all about me. And time for us to start making it all about him. Lord, I'm in. Thank you for your work on the cross. Please forgive me. And uh, I'm telling you, that will start a pang at one level for the word. That's number one. Number two, Lord, what's not in alignment with you? Confess. Confess known sin. Stuff I'm holding on to, things that are all about me, things that I don't want to listen to God on and confess it. Like, Lord, I'm done with the attitude at home and my temperament with and the words that I use and the actions that I take and the... Please forgive me. I'm done with that. Just so you know, confession is not just sorry, right? It, it's not just, yes, yeah, sorry. That's like, I'm going to do it again. I'm just trying to make things cool for the moment. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you heard those kind of sorries before? We especially get it from our kids as we're trying to teach them, right? Tell each other you're sorry. Sorry. Like that doesn't really get much done, right? And so it's not just sorry. It's like, I'm ready to turn from that. Done with it. That's confession. All right. Lord, in light of who you are, please forgive me for this. I'm done. 
and uh, confess. And uh, number three, time to consider his character. Who is this God? What are some things I need to know about him? I mean, in the beginning, we talked about salvation that got us beginning to know a little bit of him. But who is this God? And we talked through a bunch of his character last week as we walked through remembering his works as part of worship. And uh, consider the character of your God. And uh, how do I do that? Well, the thing in your hand might be a good thing, right? Go after the Bible and get after some statements about who he is. And that begins to start a thirst. Lord, I'm longing to get to know you. Build an understanding of your character in me, Lord. I want to hear from you. And we start into his word. And uh, and then the last thing I wrote down here is uh, thank him for who he is. Now that you've gotten to know him, gotten to meet him in the word a little bit, thank him for getting to know him. Uh, you're like, that sounds too easy. I'm telling you, trust me now from wherever you are to begin to say this. All right, Lord, done with me on with you. Please forgive me for what I'm holding in between me and you. Done with the sin. I'm done with it. What do you want happening? And I'm ready to meet you, God. Show me yourself in the word. Here we go. And that's who you are. Lord, you are awesome. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing. And now we start it all over again. What needs to go? Search me, oh God. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. What needs to go from me, Lord? And I want to know more of you, Lord. Show me you in the word. And that's who you are. That's where the panting, the longing comes from. Time in his word that shows you the greatness of your God. And you thank him and you worship him and you confess to him. And you bring it at him and you want to know more about him. And he reveals more. And it just keeps stunning you. Time in the word. It's about getting to know your God. All right. He says in the end, because I long for your commandments. That's where you have a passion deep within you that a fire that isn't easily quenched, a longing. All right. And, um, many of you know, we got a new little dog and, uh, he's now about eight pounds. When we got him, he was what? Three or something. Three pounds. Can you believe that? Three pound things become eight pound things. The thing almost tripled in size now, right? And he's about this big, cute little dog. And uh, this thing is coal black. I mean, absolutely black. We decided we would not buy that dog when we looked at it on the internet because it doesn't look like it has a face. <laughs> when you look at the picture, you're like, it looks bizarre. It's just a shadow. And uh, But when we got there, this thing just has a sweet little personality. Lissa picked it up and it just cuddled up next to him and you set it down, goes right between your feet and all the important things to buying a dog, right? And uh, so uh, we ended up with that little dog. We take this thing outside, like we go out on the back patio to kick back for lunch and we set him down and in like 42 seconds, the heat from the sun is baking this all black beast, right? And you just see his tongue just start going... And he's standing at the door and he puts one paw up real lazily. Please let me in. Right? He's panting like crazy. And why? Because the heat of the sun is creating a thirst. Are you hearing me? That's just like you with your God. The heat of the glory of the almighty God pouring onto you will create a thirst for him. 
I'm telling you, biblically, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the glory of the Holy Spirit literally transforms us as we spend time learning of His character and thanking Him for who He is. The heat of His glory pouring on you, you begin to thirst for His Word. It's real. It's bizarre how strong and how quick it comes on as you begin to worship him and think of his character and bask in his glory the heat kicked up and your panting begins so here's the simple question Uh, are you longing panting and uh, for some of you you might say yeah i am awesome and uh, for others you might be like no i'm not well now's the time let's address it time to go after it And uh, simple question of the four steps, what do you need to go after? Do you trust Christ as Savior? Getting that sin confessed and cleared up? Contemplating his character? Thinking through who he is and looking for that in the word? Are you thanking him and worshiping him along the way? What of those four steps, or maybe all four steps, do you need to go after? Time for us to pant after the word of God, to know our God and to grasp his heart. All right. That's the first step. Second, cry out for God to use his word to transform you. Cry out for God to use his word to transform you. There's really uh, four uh, life-changing benefits that are kind of brought out here in a broad sense. And uh, so here we go. First, uh, turn to me and be gracious to me. As is your way with those who love your name. That's the first one that we get. We get God blessing along the way. Uh, blessings. And uh, we find those hugely in scripture. As God turns towards you. He's gracious to you. He reveals himself to you. And he reveals his plan to you. And he walks you along a path. And blessings. That's the first piece that we get. As we work with our God in the word. It says, turn to me and be gracious to me. Just so you know, God is love. Grace is a part of that. And so you're really just saying, Lord, I can't wait to meet you and your character. Right? Blessings. The next piece, he says, keep steady my steps according to your promise and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Keep steady my steps according to your promise. Uh, Purity. Man, as we spend time in the word, all of a sudden we start to hunger for what's right. We start to hunger for who he is. We start to hunger not for what makes things soft and comfortable or for what gives me a certain feeling in a certain moment, but we actually go after him and what glorifies him. Lord, I'm ready for your purity. And uh, he says, keep steady my steps according to your promise. And... uh, Let no iniquity get dominion over me. Do you have any iniquity getting dominion over you? And, uh, well, yes, that's exactly how I phrased it this morning when I woke up. Right? And, uh, iniquity getting dominion over us. It's like, I've decided that this sin step that I'm taking is just the easier path and I'm going to go that way. And, and that's it. And, uh. And we tend to go after sin either because it feels good in the moment or it just seems more simple to us or more practical or, and, uh, and yet we're setting aside the things of God and saying, no, thanks. I'm going to do it my way. They wrote a song about that. 
right, I'm going to do it my way. Not the most happy song in the world. Have you ever listened to that song? I think he was supposed to be heralding how awesome it is to be about self. And the dude is like not happy. Anytime that song is used, it's always used in some really bad movie where something really depressing is going on. And uh, I'm just telling you, the world sells. It's all about me. And uh, that's not the everybody say that's not the plan. That's not the plan. Lord, may it be all about you. Keep steady my steps and let no impurity get dominion. Iniquity get dominion over me. And uh, number three here, he says, uh, redeem me from man's oppression that I may keep your precepts. Salvation. That's the third thing we can get from the word. As we spend time in his word, we start understanding who he is and what he's doing. And notice here, it's salvation, not just the eternal salvation, but even the day-to-day. What's God doing in this world? And what's man doing? And how can I navigate through these things? And Lord, redeem me from man's oppression. And uh, insight along the way as to how we can navigate in this world. He brings redemption. He brings salvation. And his word brings clarity to that. And Lord, thank you that we have direction. It says that I may keep your precepts. Gives you a little insight as to what man's oppression was causing. Right? It's causing him to step away and go after his own stuff and begin to sin. And uh, how many friends do you have in your life? That are taking you down a path away from God and away from his precepts, away from his thoughts on health and life and what he loves and honors. Maybe it's time to consider redemption from that man's oppression. Be careful. Friends can either drag you down or lift you up. Be wise in who you hang with. And uh, don't hear me wrong here. It's not wrong to have friends that are really wrestling in this world and they don't know who Christ is and they have a totally bizarre way of walking in life. And just know that's not someone you're to be leaning on. That's someone you're to be doing ministry for, helping them out and pulling them towards you. Anytime you begin to lean on those that don't share the value system of your God, be careful. That's a moment of getting dragged down, right? That's the man's oppression he's talking about here is a partnering up in a way with those who don't have the value system of your God is number one. And uh, be careful, it's going to have an impact on you. Lord, help me to keep your precepts. And then a fourth here, relationship. It says, make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. Make your face shine upon your servant. And uh, I'm not sure there's any better way to say relationship with God than Lord, let your glory just start beaming forth on me. I'm ready. And, and, and I'm just humbly standing here. What needs to go? May your face shine upon me. And we just don't talk that way, do we? When's the last time you got into prayer time and you're like, Lord, may your face just shine upon this servant. Right? How often would it be maybe a good plan to sit down, pick up the Bible and just start praying some Psalms back? We'll get some new vocabulary in our language. And uh, what's he really saying when he says, Lord, make your face shine upon me. May your favor be upon me. May your glory be upon me. Lord, may you absolutely be pouring on me all that you are. Your acceptance, your favor, your blessing beaming out as I've dismissed the sin because of your character and I've run after you. God's word. Uh, It has a lot of benefit. 
And all too often we read it for 42 seconds and we're done. Uh, and we can't even quite explain why. So uh, I just put these down. Ten benefits of the word of God from Psalm 119. This is just from Psalm 119. Ready? Ten benefits. Uh, first, blesses. It will bless you for reading it. Psalm 119, verses 1 and 2. God uses the word of God to bless. Psalm 119, 1 and 2. Second, God uses the word to give strength. To give strength. Psalm 119, verse 28. Third, to give liberty, freedom, break out, not stuck down, sin done, living full for Christ, freedom. And uh, Psalm 119, verse 45. To create friends, Psalm 119, verse 63. You will be amazed how when you start hanging near God's word and following his word, you start connecting with others who have the same value and you get a friend that is deeper than a brother. And you start challenging and shaping each other, creating friends. That's what our impact groups are all about, by the way, is friendship that's created through the priority of God and his word. And uh, that's Psalm 119, verse 63. To give comfort, Psalm 119, verse 92. So blesses and strengths and gives liberty and gives friendship and gives comfort. Psalm 119, 92 on that one. And then gives life. Number six, Psalm 119, verse 93. Life. Number seven gives wisdom. Psalm 119 verse 98. Like you literally understand and grasp which way to navigate and turn and discern in this world because of time and his word. Wisdom. Psalm 119 verse 98. Gives direction. Psalm 119 verse 133. Direction. And then here's a couple of them that we've heard sort of restated in Psalm 119, but I'm going to pull them from New Testament. Uh, gives powerful discernment. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? Powerful discernment, Hebrews 4.12. And number 10, fully equips. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. Do you get that? Let me just say that one more time. Fully equips, word of God, unto every good work. That's what it says, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Time in his word, and we end up with blessings and strength and freedom and friendship and comfort and life and wisdom and direction, discernment and being fully equipped. Yeah, but who really wants all that? Right? Why do we walk away from it? And what are we thinking about? Somehow in the moment we begin to value something else. Please, may today be the day where we say, Lord, please help me not value that other thing anymore. Time for me to value your word. Right? And uh, we've said this repeatedly, but one of our pillars is proclaiming the authority of God's word without apology. Every week we will walk through a passage of scripture. Why? Not because we couldn't figure out what to say, and so why not just take the Bible and we'll use it? That's not why. Because God's word brings these 10 things. That's why. Because we're going hard after God having an impact in our lives and relationship with Him. Yeah, that's great, Tim. I have no idea how. I've tried and it doesn't work. All right? All right, here we go. Let's get practical. How do I walk through God's word so that it can rock me? You ready? By the way, this is what I do every week. So here we go. Take one passage. You know how in your Bible you've got like a big, bold, black definition and then another big, bold, like in your ESVs? Um, 
where there's bold definitions separating the paragraphing. So just go from bold to bold. It's only a handful of verses, 10, 20 verses. You're like, but I thought I was supposed to read four chapters a day if I was good. And uh, no, I don't know who told that or taught that, but you don't have to read quantity in order to get depth out of God's word. And sometimes slowing down and reading a smaller amount and focusing can really help. All right. So just go bold to bold, one passage, all right? So that's the first step, take one passage. The official big word for that is a pericope, if you want to hear the big word. And uh, it's a group of words that have to do with each other. Grab that passage, all right? Uh, Read it several times over. Not just once, speedboat style, and you're like, done, right? How many of us go to the word and we're like, yes! It's like we were trying to lasso a calf out there in a rodeo and get it down, right? It's under eight seconds. Got it. And uh, really, our goal is to understand who God is that day. And uh, maybe it takes a little bit of time. Maybe it needs to be less verses, whatever that is. Read through that several times over, right? So take the passage, read it several times over. Number three, here you go. Get ready. Go into it and look for the action words, verbs. Somebody's doing something in there. What is it? If you want to circle them, go ahead and circle them. If you just want to write them down in a notebook, do that. But I'm telling you, it will totally change your understanding of the passage just to get those action words. For example, here's Psalm 119 verses 129 and 130, right? He says, uh, my soul keeps them, right? Keeps unfolding of your word gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Are you hearing it? keeps and gives and parts and uh, I open my mouth and pant are you hearing them you just go get the verbs and write them down and it's like I kind of already know what this thing's about now right the verbs really start unfolding for you what's going on by the way the verbs also tell you when things transition look at the next couple verses after it turn and be gracious and keep steady my steps notice how it's all God's work now right it's verbs that God's doing now and a big deal. And uh, so just go after those verbs. You'll be amazed how much it helps. And you're like, I don't know English, dude. I don't like English. And uh, then don't call them verbs, right? I'm looking for somebody doing something. Just look for that. Get them written down. All right. And uh, all right. Here's the big one. Now go back and take each sentence and put it in your own words. Just rewrite it in your own words. Like you have a vocabulary. You have a set of words that you speak in. And I'm pretty sure that most of the time it's probably not what the ESV has in it. Right? Like we already said, uh, saying to him, make your face shine upon me today, Lord. Like we don't necessarily talk that way. Great. How would you talk? How about this? God, rock me with your glory today. Nothing in between me and you. Lord, may I stand in your favor and just see you. That would be my rephrasing there. And what's your rephrasing? Just rephrase the verse. You'll be amazed how this starts unfolding it. You have a vocabulary. Use that vocabulary and put together your view of what this thing says. You'll be amazed how it causes you to go. And I have no idea what to put there. I don't know what this is saying. You would have blown past that if you were reading. But now you're trying to put it in your own words. You spend a little bit more time camping out. All right. So you're putting it in your own words. So you take one passage, you read it several times, you're finding some action words, you put it into your own words. 
Um, and then I said this, you might want to at that point go and check uh, a commentary. There's some great commentaries online. You can go to biblehub.net, I think it is. Isn't that what it is? Dot com, biblehub.com. They've got a ton of commentaries. You can buy one. There's the Bible Knowledge Commentary. I know we've got a few of those in the uh, bookstore coming up here. And like, you might want a simple commentary. It's only two books. You know, it's not a lot. You don't want these big, heavy commentaries that are going to blow you away with a ton of details on just, is this the basic? Am I catching what's being said here? Right? You get into some heretical statements and you're like, I'm awesome. Do you see what I have written? Right? And it's like, just so you know, that's completely wrong. And, uh, well, how do I know it's not? Well, get into a couple of really trustworthy commentaries, like Bible knowledge commentary. Great, simple read just to check where I'm at and make sure I'm not getting offline. All right. And, uh, so now we've summarized it last. I would just do this. Now take that paragraph and say, what's the one thing I should do with this? How do I go after this? Put it into a command form. Turn it into an application. Lord, because of this, so what? And how do I do it? Notice, like, for example, point number two here, I put, cry out for God to use his word to transform you. Action. I just get used to trying to put some command on it. God, what am I going to go after? Okay? This isn't that hard. Doesn't take much time. I'm telling you, you can get into God's word and you start seeing God's word rock you as you spend time on a few verses and just make it make sense to you. You might want to do that over several days. Where one day you're picking the passage and you're reading it several times over. And the next day you're finding some verbs. And the next day you're actually doing the rephrasing. And so you spend three or four days on a passage. That's what I do on each passage we work on each week. I spend some time doing this. I also do some things with original language and all that. That's not necessary. Just get into this a little bit like we're saying here. And then the last piece. Pray that God could help you to now go about being that and doing that. God's word's going to light up in your life if you go after it this way. I'm telling you, just let it rock you as you spend time with him. All right? So here we go. Simple one. I want you to do this. It's a little weird, but I want you to do this. You ready? Everybody grab your Bible. Got your Bible? Just hold it up in the air and say, this is my Bible. All right. If you've got a phone, you can hold the phone up. It's cool. All right. You're like, this is my Bible. At least for right now, normally it's a phone. No. This is my Bible. You are my God. You are my God. Lord, show me you today. It's that simple. What an awesome prayer. You sit down in the morning and you're like, this is my Bible. You are my God. Lord, show me you today. And then you just start going through it and watch God rock your world. All right? Basic. So simple question. You ready to do that? Simple question needing an answer. Are you ready to do that? All right, let's go after this, guys. Let's get into his word that God might rock our world. Okay, here we go. Third point real quick. Learn from his word. Learn from his word. Notice here, just in the last verse here, 136, he says, My eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. My eyes shed streams of tears, not just tears, streams of tears, right? He's like, I'm weeping that people aren't getting what your word is about, Lord. May this thing come alive to them. And notice, what is he weeping about? Check it out. What's he weeping about? Because people, what's it say? Do not keep 
the law. Not that people do not read the law. Lord, I'm weeping that they don't read it. That's not what he says. He's not saying, Lord, I'm weeping that they, that they don't know it and have it memorized. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I'm weeping that they do not keep it. Lord, as we get to know your word, as your word comes alive to us, help us to become appliers of your word, doers of your word. James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Deceiving who? Your own selves. You get that? Like we spend time in the word, we hear it, we listen to sermons all week long, we maybe read it on our own real quickly, but we never once go after doing it. And the person we're deceiving is not the one sitting next to us. They might be deceived, but the one he's pointing out here in the passage is you. You think you're getting somewhere, but you're missing it. You're making it all about some checkbox, some legalistic thing that... Please, down with legalism. Can we be done with that whole word devotion that somehow means to us, bored out of our mind? Can we be done with that? It doesn't need to be a time in God's word that bores us. We can open up his word and be stunned with who he is. This is my Bible and I am ready to meet you. You are my God, Lord. Show me you. Rock me today with who you are in this word, Lord. I am ready to keep your word. God, light me on fire for you in any way, any time. And Lord, forgive me for the boredom. How could a word that fully equips bore me except that my attentions are elsewhere? Please forgive me. I'm done with that. And I'm ready to be rocked by you. Lord, I'm spending some time in your word. Help me know what a verb is. Right? I know that's where some of you are. I hear the pain. Just walk through it and let's get through this thing where God's word is lighting us up. And all of God's people said, man, we can worship him as we spend time in his word. It gives strength. It gives power. It gives hope. It gives blessing. It rocks our world. Let nothing stand between him and you done with all of it. May God have his way in your soul. Let's pray.